You know, I was thinking of what, what America really needs. Are y'all ready for this? America needs a dose of reality. Are y'all with me? We need a dose of reality. Y'all know what I mean? I'm not a 6'5 Chinese woman. I'm a 5'7 white guy with gray hair. That's reality. Are y'all with me? I'm not a walrus. I'm a 72-year-old white guy, gray-headed at that. And you know what? These people are confused. I think what they really need is somebody to speak a little dose of reality to them. Don't tell me some foolishness. I may speak a word of reality to you. Amen? Do y'all not know, do y'all not know we're there? Wow, it's crazy. It's crazy. That's the only way. You up, Pablo? Bob, you up? Well, we are in the Olivet Discourse. Do y'all remember why it's the Olivet Discourse? Anybody know why it's the Olivet Discourse? Okay. All right. Hopefully there's more that know that. I've already said it more than once, and uh, hopefully you know it because you read the Bible. The Olivet Discourse took place in this way. You'll remember at the end of chapter 33, Jesus told the Pharisees and the scribes, you're not going to see me anymore. Okay, now they did when he was on the cross. They, maybe, maybe some of them did after his resurrection, but they didn't see him in the temple anymore. So when that happened, he left and he was going to Bethany. And to go to Bethany, you had to go up and over the Mount of Olives. Okay? So when he got up on the Mount of Olives, he found a good place to sit and he sat down and because it was the Mount of Olives, he gave chapters 24 and chapter 25 to his disciples. That's why it's called the Olivet Discourse. Okay? So just get this picture. uh, I've never wanted to go. I'm not sure I want to go now. Uh, I probably wouldn't turn down going, but I can... You just got to get the picture. I've, I've, I've seen a beautiful picture, and I, I need to get it over the next couple of weeks so I can show it to you up on the board. But here you are up on the Mount of Olives. This is the picture. And so Jesus sits down, and down below him in the Kidron Valley is Jerusalem, and, and it is a magnificent fortified city, and in the middle of that is this magnificent temple. You got the picture? That's the setting. It's a little different than this setting today. We've got to visualize this in our mind, right? This is what he said in chapters 24 and 25 when he was up on the Mount of Olives. Now, can we still go there today? Will it look the same? No, but we, if we were there, we could get some kind of picture, could we not? Okay, so I, I want to... This is a, the king answers some difficult questions, and this is... A, the signs of the end of the age, number two. This is the finishing up of the signs of the end of the age. I've already read verses one through eight. I'm going to pick up right now in verse nine. I, I want you to, I want you to, in two, two things. I want you to think about you were there and these words were said. Okay. But listen to me. These words, I want you to hear it this way. These words are for us today. I'll give you an example. Uh, 
I, t- I told the prayer group about it, but uh, Jeff and Jenny Allen that do church camp with us and Micah and uh, Cameron, they've gone to church camp with us. Uh, one of them was, maybe both of them is in the military. But anyway, uh, Micah has a fiance that's in Manipur, India. And there's all kinds of ethnic and religious persecution and conflict going over there now. So they had to flee their home at the threat of, of, of being killed, and they flew and this morning landed in Delhi, India, hopefully a place of more safety. But there, there are places all over the world right now in which Christians are being persecuted. And as the times get closer to the end, the persecutions is going to be ramped up. Okay? Now, I don't know how much of it we're going to have to endure. But I want you to be ready to endure, and myself to be ready to endure, whatever God's got for us. All right, so here we go. Verse 9. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death, and you will be hated by all nations. Why? For my name's sake. And then many will fall away, and betray one another, and hate one another, and many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. Listen, that's why why the, 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 the understanding that you need grounded in Scripture and you need be, to be grounded in, in what you believe and understand because there's many false prophets out there. Verse 12. And because lawless, lawlessness will be what? Increased. And because of that, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So prophecy is fascinating and often difficult. And Jesus' disciples, they were even curious about the future, what's going to happen. Chapter three, verse or chapter twenty-four, verse three. The second half of the the the, uh, the verse says this. His disciples said, "Tell us, when will these things be, and what will be the sign of the coming of the end of the age?" And so this gave. So let's go back to verse one. And, and here's what here's what brought the question about. He got ready to to leave Jerusalem. He got up on the Mount of Olives, and the first thing he did. Well, the first thing that happened, they said, wow, I want you to look at that magnificent temple. All right, so that's, that's a setup that I, I failed to get you. So they said, just, just look at what's down there. And then Jesus replies, and I'm, I'm back in verse 1. Jesus left the temple and was going away. And when his disciples came to point out to him the buildings of the temple, magnificent, a magnificent city, This is what he said to them. But he answered them, You see all of these, do you not? Truly I say to you, there will not be left here one stone upon another 
that will not be thrown down. So he says, everything you see is going to be destroyed. And so then we get into the question. And that first question that he asks is, when will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming at the end of the age? So Jesus was always looking for an opportunity to do what? Huh? He went up on the mountainside, sat down, his disciples came to you, and he began to teach them. Look, we ought to be looking all the time, y'all with me, especially with your children, to teach them spiritual things. And we ought to be, and you're going to get them out there, you're going to get opportunities to teach. It's probably good for you to carry your Bible pretty close at hand. Because when you begin to teach foolishness and and the lack of reality, you're probably going to need something to stand on. So he was looking for an opportunity to teach. And so out of these, we began to look at last time, become all comes out of these, all the eschatological schemes that we have today. Premillennialism, postmillennialism, amillennialism, too many isms, historical premillennialism, and patriotism. All of those come out of this, okay? Enough to get not only your tongue tied, but confused. And, and uh, I, I don't know, sometimes I get these phone calls and so there, there is a big movement among what I would call our circle. Uh, there's, there's a lot of movement in, in these isms, okay? And somebody that hasn't been a particular ism all of a sudden has become an ism. So the, this preacher called me and he was talking about that. And I'm thinking, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right in the middle of this. But I want you to hear me again. Regardless of what happens... If you're ready, do you hear me? You don't have to worry about it. And how do you be ready? You believe in Christ. You follow Christ. It's about His kingdom. It's about His church. It's about raising your kids and and preparing yourself for the return of Christ Jesus. So as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And Jesus answers them, See that no one leads you astray. Now, here, here's what they're going to do. Probably the thinking is, he hadn't returned yet. He's not coming. He is coming. He's going to come like he went. It will be sudden. Probably the, the, it'll be too late when you hear the trumpet. He is coming. And remember, they had two questions in mind. When shall these things be? And what will be the sign when all of these things happen? How are we going to know it? <laughs> be ready. Be ready. So, to me, there's three questions. What should be the sign of the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple, of His coming, and the end of the world? But here are three common sense things I want you to get. Be ready. What did I say? 
Be ready. Secondly, do not be alarmed. Let me tell you, I'm telling you, it's going to get worse. Don't let it surprise you. And thirdly, it's going to be sudden, it is imminent, and it's going to be a bodily return of Christ. If somebody comes and tells you they're the Christ, you know it ain't so because you didn't see it and it wasn't sudden and and it wasn't Christ coming in the clouds. You're not going to have to ask, did Christ come back? So what we learned in verses 4 through 8 are these four or five things. You've got them in your notes. See to it, verse 4 and 5, see to it that no one leads you astray. People, today's, today's being led astray is there's more than one ways to get to heaven. Listen, there ain't, there's not but one way to get to heaven. That's Christ. And believing and trusting and putting all your hope in Him. There's no other way. Number five, verse five. Don't believe everything you hear. Because I want to tell you, you know what you can hear? Anything you want to hear. I mean, just dream it up, find it, and Google it on YouTube. Somebody's out there. They've, done, they've already got a YouTube video about it. Let me remind you, just because you got it off the Internet doesn't mean that it's true. Matter of fact, probably it's false if you got it off the Internet. Verse 6, see that you're not alarmed. It's coming. It's going to be bad. Verse 8, these are birth pangs that must happen. These are just the things that are going to happen before it happens. Verse 9, then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death. You'll be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Claim to be a Christian. Uh, I probably ought to not go there and, and I may not by the time I think about it or don't think about it but a Christian university in California school district had decided that they were not going to hire students from this university not because they were Christians but they held to the, to the biblical mandate that marriage is between a man and a woman oh, you, you know what y'all get the picture it's okay if you're a Christian. Just don't have any convictions. You with me? You're, it's okay. Just you, you can be a Christian as long as you don't have any doctrine, you don't have any beliefs about anything. Especially on this in, issue of sexuality. This is, the, this is the watermark now. This is it. You are going to bow to this. I want you to hear this. We will be demanded to bow to perversion and an abomination. It's coming. You will be demanded to bow the knee to that. They're going to lay hands on you. Uh, Bob and I have talked about it. Hopefully our YouTube guy can come up with this. Uh, Arresting pastors, handcuffing pastors, dragging pastors down the the sidewalk to put put him in the police car. Lay hands on you. Persecute you. 
and deliver you up to the authorities. Somebody will report us. You'll be put in prison. It's already happened in Canada. These, that will, these things will happen before the destruction. Okay, these things were going on at that time in Jerusalem. I'll give you some examples here just, a, just, 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 a, just in a minute. But these are the things that are also going to happen before the return of Christ. Being hated of all nations, delivered up to councils, beaten in the synagogues, cast into prison, being killed. Listen, trouble is coming to the church right here. Trouble's coming. Now, what we're talking about right now, all of this happened to the disciples of Christ before the destruction of Jerusalem. You remember Stephen being stoned? You remember James being killed with a sword? You remember beaten with rods and stoned? You remember John's beheaded? This was prior to the destruction, but still, you know what he got his head cut off for? Remember that? What did he tell Herod? You ought not be messing around with your brother's wife. He spoke some reality to the guy. Paul and Silas in prison. Paul five times received 40 stripes, less one. He was brought before King Agrippa and Festus. Peter and John were called before the council. This was all done as a testimony to the persecution of Christians by the persecutors. It's also a testimony to us. It's going to happen. Verse 10, and then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. So here's, here's, here's what he's talking about. In the church, people that have been fellowshipping together for years will turn on one another. Keep that in mind. Brother shall betray brother. Father and sons will be enemies. This is happening. Children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. And you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. Because you are a breathing, living, living by his word, follower of Jesus Christ. Many will become apostate. They will show themselves never to have been followers of Christ. They've gone to church with us for years and all of a sudden, it speaks of this, and John Charles quotes it pretty regular, they proved themselves to not be one of us because they left us. They proved themselves to be apostate. Many will stumble at these great afflictions and persecutions. Many will betray one another. The Bible's full of it. Phygelus, Hermogenes, Demas, Hymenus, Philetus, and others. Great persecution. Great persecution proves out, are y'all ready? Those who are and those who are not. And let me just tell you, we're pretty soft. For 200 years, we hadn't had none of that in America. Y'all with me? 
What did Paul say? I beat myself. I beat myself to get prepared. Did y'all hear me? Get prepared. Verse 11, And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. Many false prophets. I would, unless unless there's a particular circle you're running in, I would suggest that you could probably click on and find a, a preacher on TV, and I would say the percentages are he is a false prophet. Listen, when people cave in on sexuality, when they cave in on marriage between being between a man and a woman, when they say, that's a, a, a man, instead of being a man and a woman, but two women or two men, when they've caved in on that, or when they cave in and say, well, maybe you weren't really born a male. Maybe you are a female in a man's body. When they cave in on this is, those issues, listen to me. I don't care how... How correct the rest of their doctrine is, they are false prophets. You are not a prophet of God's word if you get away from chapters 1 and 2 in Genesis. My suggestion is unless somebody came highly recommended to you by your elders, you wouldn't listen to them. Because you can get sucked in. Verse 12, And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. You know, you know what I mean? When it gets... Just, just think about... Let's, let's just think about how difficult it was for a period of time in Portland a couple of years ago. What if you were scared to physically leave your house because of violence or threats, okay? And when that happens, people get skeptical, they get a little leery, and they begin to wonder, what in the world is going on here? Two more signs are given. False teachers will be everywhere. He says it. Did you hear that? Beware of false prophets. The words of who? How long ago? A couple thousand years? Almost. And secondly, here's another sign. Zeal, passion, enthusiasm for the Lord will die. The love of God will grow cold. When there's rage and violence and malice and cruelty... towards followers of Christ, the tendency is for the love for Christ to grow cold. These are great temptations. But listen to this. They will not extinguish the holy fire which God has lit in souls. Are you with me? He who began a good work in you, if that work was began with Christ, He's going to keep you, are you listening, no matter how bad it gets. Amen? But here's the truth of the matter. You need to be ready. What did Paul say? I I wish I had pulled the Scripture up. It's in 1 Corinthians. He said, I beat myself. I subject myself to all kinds of things so that I might 
Be ready. If you're not in the Word, if you're not a person of prayer, if you're not regular in church, if you're not depending upon the grace of God, listen to me, you won't be ready. It's just like, it's just like, uh, it's just like trying to run a marathon and you walk a mile a day. Some of you are getting ready for a marathon. You're not even walking a mile a day. It's going to be bad. We need to be ready. But, here's, here's the deal. Even for those who are saved, listen to me, it's likely to have an influence upon their zeal. They're likely to be discouraged. Are you with me? It's going to be a difficult time. You're going to be brokenhearted that people who you've gone to church with and loved and your family, when they turn on you, it's going to be difficult. So the natural tendency is is to withdraw a little bit. Are you with me? Now, we're going to read the scripture, I think, in a minute. Maybe not, so I'll tell you right now. Do not forsake the assembly as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. And what? All the more as you see the day approaching. Y'all know what that means? Church attendance will become more and more important. And can I say this? May become more difficult. Did you know? It's likely that you won't be able to pull up out here and drop your wife off at those doors. Unless you bow the knee to political and sexual correctness. Oh, then you can do anything you want to. You know why? Because once you cave in, they know you're what? Done. You think Tom and Pablo and I need prayed for? Apostasy, falling away. I I, I probably was going to mention this a while ago. If you didn't know it, there's nothing any more discouraging to a pastor or leaders in the church than for someone to fall away or leave the church. I don't care how many times it happens, it's like you've been hit in the gut every time it happens. Well, that's going to be hitting the gut on steroids the last day. Are you with me? It's going to be difficult. Hebrews 10, 25. I, just a tad ahead of myself. 2 Timothy 1, 15. You're aware that all who are in Asia turned away from me. Here's Paul writing. What? Among them were Philegius and Hermogenes. And look at what he says. You're aware all who were in Asia. Did y'all hear that? He didn't say a few people in Asia. Now, I'm, 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 I'm quite sure Paul in the flesh was uh, able to say always and uh, you always or I never. What's that other word? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure all didn't, in Asia didn't turn away from him, but to him it felt like they did. You get the language? Everybody had deserted Paul. And I want, you to re- I want to remind you, these people were closer to the time of 
Matter of fact, they were closer to Jesus in a physical way than we'll ever be until we get to heaven. They, they walked with him. They saw his miracles. Romans 10, 18, but I ask, have you not heard? Well, let me make, go back and see here. I was just about to skip a page. Thank you, Lord, that you showed that to me. 2 Timothy 4, 16, at my first defense, no one came to stand by me. Now, here's the amazing thing. That those pastors can be handcuffed and taken down to the jailhouse for meeting when they weren't supposed to meet or for being at the abortion clinic and just praying, okay, or for saying homosexuality is an abomination. You know what's amazing? There ought to be a hundred preachers at the police station when they got there with them. Are you with me? You know what they all say? God take us too. We want three meals a day and a nice TV and a nice air conditioning place. We want to hang out here a few days. Not that there aren't some, but not on wide scale. Verse 13, but the one who endures to the end will be, yeah. We'll, we'll look at it uh, sometime, uh, you know, if you deny Christ, he'll deny you. We're going to have, get ready, we're going to have all kinds of opportunities to deny Christ. Or at least the teachings of Christ. And if you deny the teachings of Christ, you have really what? There you go. Philippians 1.6, I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you would bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. You know, what's gonna, you know what he's talking about here? We're going to be glad that on that day we don't have to keep ourselves because we couldn't handle it. But he will. It is a promise to perseverance. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have what? We're going to get through this. And just remember, I mean a twinkle of the eye, one second in glory, and you're going to say it's all worth it. Amen? Is that not what the Scripture teaches? The ones that are not tempted to apostasy through the afflictions of the gospel will patiently and courageously endure all the sufferings which shall follow the profession of Christ in the gospel. We'll make it by the grace of God. But it says, these and those alone, right? What's it say? But the one who endures to the end will be saved. So it's, it's like those other scriptures in Hebrews. It's almost as if he could lose you. It's almost as if we were one of his, really one of his, that we could fall away. It's a serious deal. But if he started it and he is yours, he will be and you will endure to the end. But who gets all the credit for that? Verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the world as a testimony to all nations and then the end will come. Now, some people, I'm just telling you, I can, I can pull up five guys that you would know. Some think what's mentioned is the close, in the close of this verse 14, 
refers to the destruction of Jerusalem. Others to the day of judgment. Now listen carefully. It's pretty certain that before Jerusalem was destroyed, the gospel was preached to the world as they knew it at that time, or to the Gentiles. Let me give you a couple examples. Paul had carried it from Jerusalem to Elycrium. The Romans' faith was spoken of throughout the world. Listen to this verse. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. Romans 10, 18, But I ask, have you not heard? Indeed they have, for the voice has gone out to all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. But others think he's here speaking of the end of the world. I've told you before, there's still people groups that don't have the message of Christ. It's our mandate to get it there. Amen? And I will tell you that one group that we support, Faith Comes by Hearing, is really big into the oil translation of, of God's Word so the gospel message can be given to people in their own language. Pray for them. So what can we learn? All right, does anybody have, have any idea what the first lesson was last week? Do not be led astray. Do not be deceived. That was the first lesson. Lesson number two today is this. The second lesson is do not have unrealistic expectations uh, of what is going to happen before the Lord returns. Listen, don't expect things to get better. I tell you when they're going to get better, when He returns. Are you with me? Now, do I think God could bring a great revival? Absolutely. He could rend heavens and... Did he confuse the culture? Did he, have, did he confuse those people in Babel down at the plain of Shinar? Did he, did he confuse them one time when they thought they had it going on? Can he do that again? But what if he doesn't? What if it just continues to go south? Are we ready? So, verse 9, there will be persecution, tribulation. Did you hear that? Verse 9, you'll be hated because of Christ. Verse 10, it'll be bad. Many will fall away. Many will turn on one another. Many will hate one another. Verse 11, many false prophets will come, and they will lead many astray. Verse 12, lawlessness and anarchy will increase. Verse 12, the love of many for God will grow cold. But listen to the verse 13 in the promise. But those who endure in going on with the Lord will be, that's an eternal save, saved out of this world, saved to an eternal glory with Him. This is a warning that the church should heed. Don't go looking for a universal reign of peace in our life. Happiness and prosperity before the end comes. I don't find it in Scripture. But we do find in Scripture, you'll hear of wars and rumors of war. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. We will have persecution. They will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death and you'll be hated by all nations for my name's sake. That's speaking to us. And men... Many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. That's what's promised. 
people will turn on one another and hate one another. There'll be, listen, there will be few churches that adhere to inerrancy and the sufficiency of the Scripture. There'll be few churches that preach sound doctrine, that glorify God, exalt Christ and humble man. Few. There will be many false prophets. So if there's many false prophets, there's going to be few of those that treat, preach and teach the truth. Verse 11, and many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. There will be an increase in wickedness. Do, do you, I want to just ask you a question. Hopefully this is not a deer in the headlight answer, okay? Does it not appear that things are getting more and more wicked? Now listen, who would have thought that somebody could give chemicals or physically mutilate a child and not go to jail for it? Now here's the crazy thing, and we're letting it happen. I don't believe it gets any more wicked nor demonic than that. And because of lawlessness will be increased. The love of many will grow cold. The truth will never be received by all. Holiness will never be the rule this side of his return. Until the Lord returns and Satan is in the lake of fire. Did y'all know on the day of judgment the first thing that's going to happen? Him and all his minions will be put there locked up forever. That day's coming. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the world, whole world, as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Even though the gospel will be proclaimed throughout the world, we're not to expect everyone's going to be converted. Do we see lots of conversions today? Now, there are some places experiencing, there are places who are experiencing a lot of persecution that there's a great revival. Acts 15, 14. Simeon has related how God first visited the Gentiles to take from them a people for his name. The Gentiles will continue to be gathered, but the full gathering of the nations will not happen till Christ returns. And then the earth will be filled with the knowledge of God. Habakkuk 2, 14 says, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. So church, let us be moderate in our expectations. What we've talked about the last two weeks, we need to take to heart. Be ready. It, it, you might want to read chapter 25. You remember the uh, parable of the virgins? Remember that? What was that all about? Be ready. That's what chapter 25 is all about. Be ready. Chapter 24, this is what it's going to look like. Chapter 25, be ready. His return is imminent. It will be sudden. Their truths, as much so today as they were 1990 years ago, if not more so. We're not to have high expectations for the church. We're to share the gospel. The time is short. Heresies are everywhere, even in the church. Persecution is coming. Listen, 
we are in an intense cultural and spiritual war. This is a spiritual warfare going on between good and evil. We're right in the midst of it. We're living in the midst of it. Doors now open or rapidly closing. You know how hard it is to get a preacher to go to the jail? Pretty hard. I'm just waiting for the day for that door to close. Are you with me? You know what I'm talking about? I won't be able to go down there unless I accept all this perversion. Do we live in Nashville, Arkansas? It's smack dab in the middle of the Bible Belt. Open your eyes. It has come to us. And let me just tell you, if you didn't know this, they're after your kids. This week, did I tell you, all the, did I tell you last week about the guy in the jail and his his girlfriend's 10-year-old has decided that he or she is different? Did I tell you that? Anyway, you know what the pressure is on the mom? Oh, they're likely to commit suicide if you don't allow them to, to go the direction that they're feeling. That's the threat. Is it real? The, the, the threat's real on people to bow down to perversion. We may witness the end. Okay, so that generation... Jerusalem was destroyed. Amen? How about this? What if we were here when he comes back? Are you ready for that? Praise the Lord. Revelation 22, 20. Want to know where we got the name for Maranatha Baptist Church? Right here and also in 1 Corinthians 16, 22. He who testifies to these things says, says, Surely I'm coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. We'll see in the coming days, listen to me, we'll see in the coming days that a lack of concern will not save people. Listen, you know know what I'm talking about? You can be as unconcerned as you want to, but you're not going to miss the judgment that's to come. A lack of concern for spiritual things ought to prod you on To do something. Repent and believe the gospel now. Embrace Christ in His church. Church, can you say, Amen. Come quickly, Lord Jesus.